0: Sufficiently sturdy to withstand exploding cartridges and would work satisfactorily only with a reduced charge. But such a reduction in powder load detracted from both the velocity and power of penetration. Therefore, he abandoned the Navy model altogether and turned to the heavier Army revolver, and this time it worked. But by the time he could make the alteration to his satisfaction, he had spent so much time that the first reworked six-gun he had for sale had to bring an exorbitant price—twelve dollars per pistol. He sold a few, but not enough to pay him for his months of work, experimenting and devising. One thing the old man had inherited from an assortment of forefathers was stubborn persistence— He had the retooled revolvers suspended from nails on the wall behind his combination workbench and counter when he was struck by a fresh idea, which was the result of a gunfight he had witnessed between two half-drunk Texans in the center of the village's dusty wide roadway. They had both been killed. George had been sitting in front of his shop in summer shade and had seen the fight from a distance of no more than perhaps two hundred feet. As near as the old man could discern, both Texans had drawn simultaneously. It hadn't been the killings that held his attention. It had been that both men were competent with six guns. They had been so evenly matched, so fast and accurate, that both gunshots had sounded almost simultaneously. That same night, he stuffed his pipe, sat on the rickety chair behind his combination counter and workbench, fired up a fragrant cloud of shag, and gazed steadily at one of his retooled guns on the wall. Gunfights, while not commonplace, were not noticeably rare either. It helped if the fighters had stiffened their resolve at O'Malley's saloon in Gringo Town. It was late when the lame old man bedded down in his boar's nest lean-to, hours later than he usually retired, and the following morning he was up before sunrise. After a breakfast of stirabout that had been in the same pot on the stove for several days and was beginning to smell sour, the old man limped out front, found a pencil, took some brown wrapping paper, set a lighted candle close, and went to work. There was nothing wrong with his idea. The more he sketched, the more enthused he became. Handguns were for killing. Ordinarily, they lacked the range for hunting and were not to be relied upon for aiming. They served only one purpose, and those who might have contended otherwise had only to visit a cemetery. The old man was still sketching, erasing, and re sketching hours after sunrise. He had forgotten to unlock the roadway door. A large, gloved fist made the entire front wall rattle, and the startled old man swung his good leg first, then his other leg, and went to open the door. The man in the opening was not only thickly massive and muscular, but had hooded, very dark eyes and a bloodless slit of a mouth. His name was Austin Gorman. He was the town marshal of Pueblo Juarez, a man capable of handling trouble with weapons or fists an individual who had detractors, but the kind of man towns and villages on the South Desert needed because the entire territory for hundreds of miles had renegades and outlaws from both sides of the border. The old man limped aside for the lawman to enter. Gorman went around the counter and removed a rifle from its pegs. He did this without speaking, but when he placed the weapon on the counter, he said, How much? The old man eyed the rifle. He had put in a new firing pin and had replaced a rusty spring. Fifty cents, he told the large man, who put a silver coin atop the counter and left. The old man filled a pipe and lighted it. There was one roadway window through which he watched Marshal Gorman growl and gesture with the rifle for a pair of wood gatherers with their laden burros to go to the side of the road, not the center. There was no traffic. Because the village was not large, and also because it was roughly divided between natives and norte-americano latecomers, mostly store owners, traders, freighters, businessmen, not herders of small animals, maize and squash growers, wood-gatherers and laborers, there was little sharing of ideas, interests and languages. The newcomers were often forceful individuals who lacked the native fatalism and cohesiveness.